How would you like to do church like Jesus did? Over the past few years, we've learned that church can happen in a very meaningful way outside of a church building. In fact, we're getting raving reviews from our house churches, which are now over a hundred. Though I thank God for church in buildings and on campuses, God is leading more and more people these days to gather for church in their homes. Not only is it easier for many people to attend a house church, but a house church can provide a level of community that campuses can't. So, every Thursday in December and January, I plan to host a house church interest meeting on Zoom. The meetings will be at 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. If you're not attending a church right now and are interested, or know of anyone who may be interested in learning how to start a house church, simply email hcinfo at solidlives.com or click the link on the description of this podcast to receive the Zoom link details. Again, that's hcinfo at solidlives.com. Okay, now let me welcome you to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where we read and talk through a chapter of the New Testament every day. I'm glad you're here because reading God's Word daily will change your life. I'd appreciate it if you'd help others find this resource by sharing the link. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, once again, James, the half-brother of Jesus, half because Jesus was not born of Joseph biologically, but only Mary. This is the eldest of all the younger siblings of uh, Jesus that we can tell. And so here's what he writes in this very important chapter here, chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Notice how he changed the person there. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So James is saying that he is a teacher, and of course he is. He's teaching us right here through this book. But... You know, this is this is speaking to us, and I am a teacher of the Word of God, and I love being a teacher of the Word of God. But notice, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Why? To whom much is given, much is required. And so we've been given so much knowledge, and we've vocalized it. Jesus said, by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. I say, oh, Lord. Help me, because I've taught so many insights and revelations and things, and you've given those to me, but do I even remember what they all are? Can I even recall them to mind? And am I really walking up to the standards of all of those truths? Well, I can tell you this, I know that I'm not. I want to, but I know that I'm not, because God's Word is at such a high level. And so he says here, it's, it's you know, a good thing maybe to aspire to be a teacher. He said, but you got to realize it's not just the esteem or the feel good of conveying knowledge to other people. He said, no, you have to walk this out. You have to walk out this Christian life and these truths from the Bible. We're going to have a stricter judgment because we know better. We know the truth of God's word. And so it's it's sobering. It's very sobering. So it's not uh, a, intended to be a deterrent to those who are called to be teachers, but to those who just aspired to it, but it wasn't their calling and they, they're not willing 
to commit to live the life that they will need to live. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. body. So you can see here that he's also talking to teachers about the fact that you can speak wrongly and you can even cause people to err in their life choices because you're not teaching precisely and accurately from the truth of God's word. And he said, and you can become accountable for leading them astray. So he said, there's a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So he's saying uh, the judgment is connected also to how you speak and how you're guiding people. So notice he says, uh, brings up the bridle, bridle the whole body, bridle. And this is he something he's going to explain in the next verses. Watch this. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So let's stop there. So he uses this uh, analogy of a bit and a bridle on a horse in a horse's mouth and also a rudder on a ship. Now watch this. The bit and bridle, you think about this metal bit, it goes inside of the horse's mouth and uh, then this bridle that comes around and, you know, you hold onto the reins and you can pull the head of the horse to the right and the horse will begin to walk to the right. You can pull the head of the horse to the left and the whole body of the horse will go left. James says, this is the way your tongue, this is how powerful your tongue is. Whatever your tongue is saying, your whole body will begin to turn that way. If your tongue is is telling sexual jokes and talking sexual things, your whole body will be geared to start doing sexual things. If your tongue is talking about foods and how much you love food and you love chocolate and such, your body is going to be geared toward that. And so uh, if your tongue is talking truth and righteousness and the love of God and serving God and doing what he's called you to do, your body is going to be naturally drawn to do those things. So James is saying, your words are vital. The words you speak are so important. And then he uses the rudder of a ship. Think about these massive like cruise ships. And yet on the back, they've got these rudders relatively dinky, small little rudder. But that little rudder in the water that pushes against the water as the ship is moving causes the whole ship to change. And James says, that rudder is your tongue. Your little tongue changes where you go in life, changes what your body does in life. And so therefore, you can't be flippant with your tongue. You can't just let your tongue say anything it wants to say, because then you'll be letting your life do anything that your body or your mind wants to do. So he goes on to say in the end of verse five, see how great uh, a forest, a little fire kindles. You just light a little, I mean, you light a leaf on fire, but if there's a leaf touching it, Right next to it, it'll light that one on fire. And before you know it, 
there's a whole raging forest fire with thousands of acres being burned just from a little flame. He said, that little flame can come from your tongue. You say something to somebody who says it to other people, and before you know it, this thing can rage out of control. You can destroy families. You can destroy a business. You can destroy a church. You can destroy a nation with words. We're watching things happen in our world, in our nation, in these days with words. The flame, the the raging fire of words. And so he says, see how great a forest, a little fire kindles. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue has iniquity. Iniquity, that's sin. That's sinfulness. That's that's the depravity of man, speaking things that it should not be speaking. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set, so positioned, if I could say it that way. The tongue is so set or positioned among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Isn't this interesting? The tongue is positioned in such a way in your body that it uh, defiles the whole body. You can defile your whole body with your tongue. Yeah, you speak the wrong things, and before you know it, your whole body is defiled. Your whole body is is in addiction, in sin, in uh, criticism. I mean, you're just, your whole body is into it. You're so bound, but it started off with you speaking things that you should not speak. So he says, defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. The whole There's a whole wave of something you set on fire with maybe one comment you made and says, and it is set on fire by hell. Now, this is very interesting that your tongue is set on fire by hell. Now, do you remember when Paul was writing in the sixth chapter of Ephesians and he said, Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And he went on to say about the shield of faith, take up the shield of faith. He said, above all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. All the fiery darts. Now, what are fiery darts? (laughs) Uh, I've become convinced. Fiery darts is when hell lights tongues on fire and these these words are spoken out and they're lit on fire by hell. These are fiery darts. And there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, in, and death is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. But yet those words have already gone out. See, but firebrands, arrows, and death. See, and so these are fiery darts. These words are fiery darts. And this says that the tongue can be set on fire by hell. It can also be ablazoned from heaven where, man, you've got on your tongue the word of the Lord, the love and life of God. But you remember Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you can choose to speak life or you can choose to speak death. But notice the tongue can be set on fire by hell. And you could be the source of where these fiery darts of the devil come from. 
just being critical and saying things that you shouldn't say. And now believers have to actually lift their shield of faith to quench your own words. Folks, you do not want to be on that side. You want to be on the side of God, the side of life, the side of strength and blessing and encouragement and uh, exhortation, not on the side of fiery darts that have to be quenched. But even believers don't think that this is only unbelievers that can have their tongues lit on fire by hell. Absolutely not. Every one of us have flesh. Every one of us are subject to the enemy doing this to us and giving us thoughts in our mind to speak out. And before we know it, we've spoken these things out and he lit on our tongue on fire and we release those words out into the atmosphere as fiery darts. So let's go on. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Well, you might just stop there and say, well, why are we even talking about it if you can't do anything about it? He didn't say you can't do anything about it. He just said you can't tame the tongue. You can't spank your tongue. You can't put your tongue in a timeout and make your tongue work right. Well, what can you do? Well, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You have to change what's in your heart. And in chapter 1, James says, receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. You've got to get God's word down in your heart to change your thinking. And then once inside, once you think the thoughts of God, the word of God inside, that will be what's coming out of your mouth. See, otherwise, what's in your mind and on your heart will be coming out of your mouth because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can't just take care of it at a tongue level. I mean, that doesn't mean that you can't stop yourself and say, I'm not going to say that. You can. But the whole idea that you're thinking, I need to stop my tongue, is the truth in your heart that's thinking that and able to stop it, see? So it has to be dealt with on a heart level. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Deadly poison. Think about that. It kills. Oh, may may our mouths, Lord, I pray right now that our mouths would not destroy. Lord, help us to speak life and not death in the name of Jesus. So, verse 9, with it, with the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. <laughs> I love that. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. It is true that we should not be using our own tongue. On one side, we're blessing God, and then we're cursing people. And James says, no, that, that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. Verse 11, does not a spring send forth, or excuse me, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grape vine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Well, if that's true, that no spring yields both salt water and fresh, then how can our mouths bless God and be so nice and then turn right around and be so vicious and angry and even evil. How is that? Well, let me tell you how. Because inside of your heart, you have two springs. You've got, if you're born again, you have a born again spring. That's your spirit. And you can speak out of your spirit. 
the the purity, the word of God, love and uh, truth. But you you've got this soul on the inside of you as well, and your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions, if they are not renewed, then you can speak out of your mind, speak out of your emotions, and you can be speaking evil. And your tongue can speak good from your spirit and evil from the other spring. So you have two springs in you, and that's why James says you can bless God and curse men. But then he turns around and says, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. You've got to get this controlled. You've got to get pure spring water coming out of your mouth. In other words, you've got to make sure that your uh, soul catches up with your spirit and that your soul, your mind is renewed to the word of God so that your mouth continues to flow out one type of speech, which is life, healing, blessing, and truth from God and his word. All right, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Meekness. What is meekness? Meekness is very different from weakness. Meekness is strength that's con- under control. It's contained. In other words, I, I could say a lot of things, but I'm not going to say it. I, I could give my opinion in a lot of places, but I'm not going to give my opinion in a lot of places, or I'm going to I'm going to limit my opinion. I'm going to say something that is my opinion, but I'm not going to say everything that's my opinion. He said, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done by the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Notice, earthly, sensual, demonic. Demonic, touched and connected to the demonic. Earthly, sensual, your senses, uh, that part of you inside that is that is connected to the soul. And demonic. Notice that that all will flow together. Verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Oh, folks, keep this in your mind. You'll notice places where there is confusion, where there is evil, like there's deception going on and such. Watch. If you're seeing the signs of those, then you know somewhere along the line there's envy and self-seeking. Where envy and self-seeking exist, there's confusion in every evil thing there. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, oh, this is the one we want. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. (laughs) You don't have any hidden agendas, no ulterior motives. No, it's first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. See, this is the wisdom that comes from above. It's pure. It's right. It's gentle. It's willing to yield if, oh yeah, well, no, let's let's do it your way. No, go ahead. Or let me listen to you. Let me listen to what you have to say. You, you have a different opinion. Let me hear your different opinion. See, there's There's this gentleness, this graciousness, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. 
the last verse, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now the fruit of righteousness is shown, excuse me, is sown in peace. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Praise the Lord. So you can see here that there's a stark contrast between the way that people walk in the wisdom of God and the way that people walk in earthly, sensual, and influenced by demonic wisdom. And many believers have succumbed to this earthly, sensual, demonic, logical, reason, wisdom, not even realizing that it can be influenced and often is influenced by the demonic. But we need to get back to God's Word and thank God for the Holy Spirit. And you you know it when you're in an atmosphere like that. It's pure, it's healthy, it's loving, it's gentle, it's open, transparent. <laughs> you just know when you're in that kind of an kind of an atmosphere because it just feels it just feels right spiritually. Well, thank God for His Word to teach us these things. They're so important. And may we all be like that in Jesus' name. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.